This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. The views expressed by guests on this program do not necessarily represent the views of the host or owners of the Doggy Diva Show and do not necessarily constitute endorsement of products. Medical information discussed by guests on this program are those of the guests and is only for informational purposes and should not replace medical advice by your local veterinarian professional. Hi, this is Susan Marie from the Doggy Diva Show. This week, disaster preparedness for you and your pets and a new voice in mystery books featuring dogs. That's what's on our show this week. Let's get started. Hey, did you hear that? What is that? It's the bark heard round the world. The Doggy Diva Show. Here's national award-winning author and animal advocate, Susan Marie. Hi, welcome to the Doggy Diva Show, the show for animal lovers. I'm your host, Susan Marie, and as always, I'm joined by my canine co-hosts, the Doggy Divas themselves, Francesca, Coco, and our newest little diva, Miss Olive. Miss Olive is the cute little Italian greyhound rescue in the picture with the microphone. Thank you for joining us today as we bring the experts in the pet and animal world right to you. Contact us at thedoggydiva.com. That's the D O G G Y D I V A.com. We love hearing from you. So go grab a cup of coffee and your pet's favorite treat, and we'll be back in just a moment. Take a bite out of your competition. Advertise your business with an ad in Pet Life Radio podcasts and radio shows. There is no other pet-related media that is as large and reaches more pet parents and pet lovers than Pet Life Radio. With over 7 million monthly listeners, Pet Life Radio podcasts are available on all major podcast platforms. And our live radio stream goes out to over 250 million subscribers on iHeartRadio, Odyssey, TuneIn, Stitcher, and other streaming apps. For more information on how you can advertise on the number one pet podcast and radio network, visit PetLifeRadio.com slash advertise today. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the Doggy Diva Show. I'm here with Monica Layton, President of Professional Pet Sitting with our Pet Tip of the Week. And this is a really important one for those of us that live in um, hurricane area. Hurricane season is upon us, and we need to be prepared and need to be aware what we can do to help our pets as well as ourselves. So this is this is important to us. But this also, if you're like in wildfire area, if you're in a flooding area, if you're in tornado area, you really want to pay attention to this because it's kind of um, affects everybody because it's disaster preparation for your pets. So Monica, if you could just share some of your great insight into this, we do this every single year. It's so important. So if you could uh, get us started on this, that'd be great. Absolutely. So there is a lot that goes into disaster preparedness and we want to make it super easy for you guys to be prepared. And as you know, we have listeners all over and there are different types of disasters that you need to prepare for no matter where you live. Everything from 
hurricanes to tornadoes to fires to floods. So if you have a basic disaster preparedness plan set up, you should be good to cover any of those situations. So let's start out with identification. So identification can be a huge part when it comes into your disaster preparedness. If there's ever a time where you are separated from your pet or your pet reacts to a um, disaster and somehow gets free, gets loose, gets lost, you want to make sure that you have your pet identified and a quick response to getting back to you and back to you as quickly as possible. There's different things out there when it comes to identification. Of course, your standard um, collar, leash, um, ID tag. They have is out there that you can print your name or phone number right on. Um, I always tell people pets can slip out of loose leashes. They can slip out of loose harnesses and collars. You know, definitely make sure that they're on securely. Make sure you can only fit like two fingers underneath the um, the collar between the neck. If you can fit your whole hand underneath there, they're too loose. So you definitely want to make sure if you're in a situation to where there's noises outside, there's extra stimulus that can be fearful for pets, that bare minimum, you're checking that everything is secure before you even leave the house or get outdoors. Uh, next is our microchips. So having your pet microchipped can be a huge life-saving tool when it comes to getting your pet home to you and in a fast manner. So a lot of people get confused as to how your information is stored in microchips and how they work. So a microchip is a very small chip. It's roughly about the size of a piece of rice, and it's injected between the shoulder blades on the pet's back. So there's usually that general location that people will, if your pet's found, they're going to put a scanner over that chip. And what that scanner is going to do is it's going to pick up the radio frequency waves from that little microchip that stores a number. And that number is going to be called into a registry and it is going to have all your information on it. So some people get confused and they think, okay, well, they're going to scan my pet and it's going to say, I live at, you know, one, two, three, four Elm Street, and this is my phone number. That's not the case. It's going to give you a specific ID number that when you register, your pet is going to go back to you and have your information on it. That's why registering your pet is so vital. If you do not send in the information when your pet first gets registered, then that number will have zero information in there. Um, what it will have essentially is what office or what organization purchased that chip, but it will not contain who that chip was necessarily given to. So that is very important that every time your pet, anytime you get a pet and you microchip that pet, that you make sure the registration is up to date. Now, most veterinary offices and um, some shelters will register for you. So it's important that if you adopt a pet or you purchase it, well, however you get your pet, you make sure that the registration is in your name and information. If you move, it is important just to make sure that that registration is up to date. What I recommend is when you're registered, you'll get like a little sticker that has your numbers on it with your microchip number. They usually give you five or six of those just to keep them on paperwork. 
you know, stick one on your information and your disaster kit. You can make more than one copy of your registered information. So whenever they register, they'll give you like a little sheet of paper that has your name, address, phone number, et cetera, on there. But every year, if you have your kit all set up, and we're going to talk about what to have in our kit later. But um, when you have your kit set up, put that paperwork in there. So that way, bare minimum, it's one less thing you have to remember to do. Because if it's right in there and you're updating and rotating your food in your kit and your medications, you'll see that paperwork for your microchip right in there. And you can look at it and say, oh, my gosh, we've changed our phone number since then. Or, oh, uh, my mom is our emergency contact and she just moved. So that way, it's another reminder that you're checking your information on a regular basis and that it is getting updated. The next point of identification that is really great to have is, and this is newer, is Apple, if you have an iPhone or a Mac computer, Apple now makes the um, uh, the little tags that you can get. Tags are like a little, it looks like a little charm. You can hang on anything, a backpack, uh, a camera, anything that you want to track to make sure you do not lose. But um, we have a lot of clients that have used the tags on their pet's collar as an additional backup for um, if the pet becomes lost. So what you can do with the tags is just hang it on your pet's collar like you would an ID tag. And if they're within a certain radius of you and your phone, you can track them that way as well. So it's just an additional backup that you can use um, to locate a lost pet as well. And then lastly, always the paper copies. So make sure that you have a current picture of your pet. If you have that in your kit already, it's very easy for you to update and look and make sure that that pet, you know, that picture is current. Also, what I recommend is for some of our pets that are groomed on a regular basis, you never know when an emergency comes, if they're going to be recently groomed or if they're going to be at a longer hair stage. So if you have a pet that can fluctuate in their look before grooming and after, have both pictures there. That way, you never know what stage they're going to be and their grooming growth um, when they become lost. So we have, especially like some of our smaller breed dogs, that they'll go to the groomers every couple months and the amount of hair growth they have in that couple months is significant. So they can look very different <laughs> from uh, a pre and post groom. So that makes it a lot easier for people to identify them because if you have a picture of a short little groomed dog and your pet is grown out and they have their appointment coming up when they get lost, people are going to be looking for one thing and sometimes overlooking the same pet and not identifying it as that pet just because of the grooming stages. To me, you know, the identification process is one of the most important steps you can take in disaster preparedness because you can prepare all you want, but you can't prepare for the unknowns. And having a pet become lost is the number one unknown that can happen with a disaster. If you're traveling to a someplace to evacuate, if your house becomes compromised and it's not a secure shelter, it's just things can happen and you can try to be as safe and prepared as possible. But you want to make sure that if you are number one identification handled, that you have the best chances of getting your pet home to you if something does occur and for some reason you get separated. 
So let's get into an actual disaster plan. So knowing your resources and knowing what you would do for your disasters is really key in getting prepared for the disaster. Whether it's getting to a hotel um, to write it out because you're not in a home that is secure enough to go through a hurricane or a tornado in. Um, if you are in a situation to where you would um, leave your home and go to a shelter, for example, or you would go to a friend or family in a neighboring town, you always want to make sure that you have checked your local area, checked your resources, and know where you would go if you do have to leave your home. So, for example, areas that you could bring your pet to a boarding situation if you could not bring them with you, or you could bring them to a shelter. If you go to a shelter, for example, you want to make sure that you know in your county what shelter is going to, number one, accept pets, number two, what you need to have in order to get in with your pet, and number three, and this is often important, what order the shelters are going to open in. So the reason I say this is because in each county, the emergency management system will open shelters in different levels. So you will have shelters based throughout a county. You'll have some south, north, and mid-county. They try to spread them out in areas so that way people are not traveling in unsafe conditions a very long distance. So even though you can pull up your county's emergency management and look on there and see if they have any pet-friendly shelters, and okay, you'll find one close to your home, for example. But there's no way of knowing if that shelter is going to be open at the time you need it to be. So what I recommend is going online to your county's emergency management website. They will have on there what shelters are in the entire county. Print it out. Know where they all are. Have the addresses. If something happens in your area and there's no internet, Wi-Fi, no way to get information out there in a quick manner. But you want to make sure you have those locations handy. And also, when you're listening to your evacuation stages, so whether you have either radios, if you still have electricity on your TV, listen to what shelters are open. Because the shelters will open in different areas and different time frames. So, for example, in an area, you have your initial shelters that open. And once they fill to capacity, or get close to capacity, they will start to open more. So you want to make sure that you have backup kits so you know, okay, right now, you know, these are the only ones that are open. And out of the ones that are open, this is the only one that accepts pets. So that way, you know where to go and in what stage. And they will tell you what shelters are opening and what time frames. So just being aware that if you plan ahead to go to one specific place, you always want to have a backup because that one specific place could be at capacity or could not have even opened yet when you're ready to leave. The next thing to do is make sure that your pet has all the information that you need to get into that shelter. So generally, you will need basic supplies for your pet, which, you know, we'll get into our supply list in um, part two. But you're going to want to make sure that your pet has roller and leash on for every pet, that they have a containment system. So they have a carrier a crate, something that is mobile, something that you can easily transport back and forth to contain them in. 
that you have instructions and I recommend having written instructions. So if you get to a shelter situation to where the pets cannot be housed with you and that you have to turn your pet over to a, um, a worker in that shelter for care, that they know what medications your pet is on. They know your pet has fear of something or if your pet doesn't do well in something. Those are all things to put down in your written plan to have with your pet at all times. So if you have a pet, for example, that reacts to thunderstorms and lightnings and you give medication for, have that written out and have the medication there, have it directions on there and how much to give. Even if your pet, for example, maybe has a fear of being petted on the head or has a, a leg a leg issue, they're, they're pained in one leg or something. The more they know about your pet, the easier it's going to be for your pet to have the best care that they can get. So any, you know, that you can think that would be prevalent to somebody who is just meeting your pet for the first time and caring for them, put that into your paperwork and have it ready for you when you go to the shelter. Make sure that you have a copy of your most recent vaccinations. Make sure you have your rabies tag on the pet, not just in the paperwork. I know a lot of shelters require that tag be worn. Make sure you have a copy of the registration that goes with that tag in your paperwork and have your veterinarian's information with that. So that way, if there's any issues, then they have your veterinarian's information as well. So if you can get all of that together and in your kit all ready to go, if you do have to evacuate to a shelter, you're all ready. Also, if you're looking at hotels and different places, call ahead. If you, for example, let's say you want to go to a neighboring town and just get a hotel room because you you don't want to be in the centralized location of that disaster. Do your research. See which hotels you set pets. Find out what their pet policy is and what you need in order to stay there with your pet. And make sure you have all of that together. And I also recommend having two or three because you do not know how many people are going to be doing the same thing and hotels can fill up quickly. So make sure that you have a couple options. That way you're going somewhere last minute and they do not have a room for you that you have some backups that you know in advance will take your pet. If you are traveling to someplace, make sure that your family members know where you're going. That is always super important for not only your pet safety, but your own. So for example, if you, when you make your disaster plan, if you have a family member that knows your plan, you send them a copy and do it vice versa, you know, get like family member that you can both be accountable for each other, you know, so have copies of their stuff and send them yours. That way, if you know, or somebody knows that that family member or friend has not checked in and you know, they're safe, then you can, you know, call law enforcement and, you know, ask for a welfare check and say, you know, hey, this is, this was their plan. You know, they were going to evacuate from their house and go here. So if they know they're leaving point A and getting to point B and they never got to point B, they can check current routes. They can check, okay, well, this area was underwater. This area was blocked. So they're most likely going this way. And check and see if there was any issues. Maybe they're stranded somewhere. Maybe, you know, there was an accident. If you know where you're going to go from and to, 
and you have an outside person, an outside emergency contact that knows that as well, then your whole entire family's and your pet safety will be first and forefront. That way, if you do not check in, you have somebody else that's checking on you. If you decide to stay in your home during your disaster, it is very good to know, one, what disasters you're preparing for and how to be in a safe location in your home. So, for example, let's say you're looking at, um, you know, tornadoes or hurricanes. You want to be in a part of the house or underground that is safe from flying debris, that is that if there's structural issues, if there is um, objects flying around, windows get blown out, that you are in the least amount of open area. So an indoor closet, you know, like a walk-in closet, um, a, a bathroom that limited windows that's in the interior of the home. There's always a room in the house that you can kind of get into that is going to be that safest area for you and your family. And I suggest having that area already set. So if your plan is to stay at home or if you are in a location to where, for example, tornadoes, they happen quickly. You have limited time to get into your safe space. So it's one thing to kind of get everybody there from wherever they're located within the home, but you do not want to have to worry about getting all your supplies in there as well. So have it prepared. You have a crate or carrier set up in that area your pet can quickly go into. And the reason I say to have that ready is not because you don't want to, you know, have be there and hold your pet, but if there is some kind of damage done to the house and you are worried about family and yourself, you need that pet in something that can be contained to where if the structure is you know, damaged, you don't want them escaping. So having your pet in that, you know, carrier during that storm is just adds in that level of safety. That way, if it's compromised, your pet is not getting loose and, you know, getting out of broken window or getting out of a secure area. So like I said, have a crate set up so you can use it, have an extra collar and leash in there, um, have your food and water supplies, have stuff in there for your family and your pet. That way, if it's a last minute thing, you can run to your area and know you have everything you need and be safe. If you can kind of follow those key guidelines to where you are getting yourself to safety quickly or you're getting to your safe room quickly, that increases your pet and your safety level by a huge percentage. Preparedness really is a very, very time-saving preparation. Having something that you can listen, like the radio um, in that location, something that doesn't take electricity to run, have your batteries, just have everything all set and ready. And we're going to get into the specifics of the items that you need to have ready for your pets in your household in part two. But really having your plan set up. Know what storms are in your area. Know what you are going to do if you stay in home and have that ready. Know where you're going to go if you have to leave and evacuate. Look at your routes. Look at how you're going to get from point A to point B and have a backup route in case there's some kind of accident or obstruction on the roads. All of these things that you plan in advance 
will really make the stress of the situation go down. I always recommend that you have have a family where you have multiple people and even multiple pets that you have to account for. Have a plan in place for that. You know, say, okay, uh, mom's going to be responsible for this pet. Dad's going to be responsible for this pet. Or this certain child is going to be responsible for this, you know, pet. If everybody knows what they have to do and sit down and have a family meeting, go over what would happen if, because kids at all ages and family at all ages, if you have a plan in place and they immediately know what to do, that ensures the chances of their safety going up dramatically. So sit down as a family you know, go over what's going to be done, where you're going to meet, have a meeting location for every, you know, family member. You want to be here, get your stuff and come here or have your stuff ready and be here. Have everything set up. Make sure you, your car is gassed. Make sure you have everything all set up and you guys will be able to get into your evacuation or hunker down mode much quicker. This is like great information. And those of us that are with pets know how it's important. And you and I both have been involved with hurricanes and and what can happen and, you know, people lose their pets. And there's just so much that goes on to prepare to try to minimize possibility that something could happen, that you could be separated from your pet. There's so much that you need to do to plan beforehand to sort of um, minimize what whatever that danger may be. So this is great, great, great information. I know that in our next show, we're actually going to do what to have in the kit and all that stuff. But in order to prepare, this is great information just to have all of your stuff, all of this ahead of time and have your plan of what you're going to do, where you're going to go, if you're going to be traveling to a shelter, if you're going to be traveling to a hotel, a friend's house, or if you're just going to stay home what to do and to have each family member involved so that they have their own responsibilities so that you can all bring it together and also have like meeting so that you check in with each other. So everybody knows everybody is it's, it's, um, we know sometimes we have a lot of preparation. Other times it could hit really, these things can hit really quick. We're also, we here in Florida, we're also in a tornado line. So there's a lot of tornadoes that hits. So this is, Great information, and uh, we will get into what's in goes into the kits and some of the other information in our next show. Um, so, Monica, thank you very much. You got us all ready with our plans. We're all lined up, ready to go. Thank you guys so much, and I look forward to talking to everybody with part two. Hello, everyone. Susan Marie and Miss Olive here to tell you about the award-winning three-book series, The Doggy Diva Diaries. It is a trilogy of heartwarming and inspirational stories about Miss Olive, a lonely little rescue pup, hoping to find her forever family and friends and a life filled with love. In this series, Miss Olive learns that it doesn't matter what you look like on the outside, it's the kindness and love you have on the inside that counts. Available at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and other online booksellers, and please visit us at thedoggydiva.com for more information. Thank you, everyone. Coming up, a new voice in mystery books featuring dogs. Stay with us. Molly, here's your dinner. <coughs> Zeus, that's not your food. Don't let that happen to your precious cat. Elevate your cat's eating experience with the Cat Tree Tray. 
The cat tree tray keeps your cat's food off the floor and conveniently located on the cat tree. It's the perfect way to eat. It's a beautiful wrought iron tray that easily attaches to your cat tree and keeps dogs and other critters out of your cat's dish. A must for multi-pet households. There's a 6-inch tray for large bowls and a 4-inch tray for smaller bowls. Purchase your cat tree tray today. Go right now to CatTreeTray.com. That's CatTreeTray.com. C-A-T-T-R-E-E-T-R-A-Y.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back, everyone, to the Doggy Diva Show. Award-winning author Kathleen Donnelly is a canine handler for a private narcotics dog detection company who uses her canine experience to craft realism into her fictional stories. And for those of you that listen to us regularly, you also are familiar with Margaret Misushima, the author of the Timber Creek Canine Mysteries, who Kathleen has worked with to give Margaret background information into uh, the canine handler and with her dog, Robo. So, and Maddie, of course, Maddie and Robo. So now with Kathleen, Kathleen is here with us today to introduce her dynamic debut. It's a romantic suspense novel called Chasing Justice. Welcome to the Dougie Deep Show, Kathleen. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on today. Oh, no, it's our pleasure. And your background is so diverse and interesting. And you have done, you've done so much. And it's very, uh, I think that the listeners will be very interested to uh, learn more about you. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. I've been a uh, canine handler for a private narcotics dog detection company called Sherlock Hounds Detection Canines since 2005. And we go into schools to help keep schools safe. Our dogs are trained to find drugs, alcohol, and gunpowder. And along with doing that, I love writing. So I've been working on books over the years, and this is my first one that will be published. And I'm super excited because it has a canine character and a great canine handler in it. Well, and that's great because this is something that I know uh, that my listeners and myself were very, very interested in this and because and, it moves fast and it's, uh, there's a lot of stuff that are in these books. So what was your in- inspiration for um, writing Chasing Justice? You know, it started, I, well, for one, I always love mysteries. I've always read um, and that's always what I wanted to write. And of course, this turned into a little bit of a romantic suspense, but I I had a day working the dogs where we all know the dogs are perfect and the human handlers are the ones who can mess up at the end of the leash. And I had a day where I was just having a bad human day working and the dogs were doing great. And I thought, what would it be like to be a military canine handler and have a day like this and and maybe, um, you know, make a mistake and, and come home from that and deal with losing a dog you loved and then having to face working another dog. And it just went into all of a sudden I had this character and I had uh, the dog she was going to come home and have to work again, that she was going to have to face that fear of working a dog again. And the book just went from there. And it 
been a, a lot of fun to write. It has mystery, intrigue, secrets, and a lot more. Um, could you please introduce us to Maya, Juniper, and Josh, and maybe tell us a little bit about the storyline of Chasing Justice? Sure. So Maya Thompson is a former Marine, and she comes back home to Colorado after uh, being deployed to Afghanistan, and she's sworn off working dogs ever again, uh, again, the, the human error that happened, and she is forced to work another canine when her best friend in the Forest Service law enforcement is killed in a drug lab explosion. And he begs her to take on working his dog, and so she does. So along the way, as she works to figure out who killed her best friend and why, and as she's bonding with a new canine, she meets a deputy, Josh Colton, and he wants to help her solve the case, but she's not quite certain she can trust. Was there an inspiration, or can you tell us about Juniper? Sure. So Juniper, in the book, she is a two-year-old Malinois, and the inspiration, I mean, she's a little bit of all my dogs. Now, the dogs I work because we go into schools and we want them not to be intimidating. They're all rescue labs. So they're very different from Juniper. But working dogs all have that high energy. They all have a lot of drive. Um, and so Juniper was really inspired from all the dogs I've had over the years and, and just the the fun you have, the bond you have, the partnership you have working with them. Um, I describe it in the book as sort of a dance that you work with them, that you, you learn to read each other, you learn to trust your dog, you let them take the lead. And so her character really came from those dogs. I made her a Malinois because Maya's with the Forest Service law enforcement, and law enforcement's going to use a dog like a Malinois or like Margaret's dog is a German Shepherd, Dutch Shepherd's another breed that's often used. So I wanted to make sure I had the breed correct for the job, but she really was inspired by a lot of my working dogs. That's interesting. And in Malinois, they're unique. Um, I, I know someone who has them, and actually she is a large, they do their job there. They're great for this type of work that you're writing about in your book. They really are. They have, they're amazing dogs. Our trainer in Oklahoma, when we've gone down, I've met three or four of the dogs he's trained for police officers and they've all been Malinois, which is why I think I went in that direction for this book, just because I had a little bit of experience with them. And they're, they are fun dogs. You know, they, they have a good sense of humor. They have a lot of drive. They love their job. Um, and, and they do a great, great work. That is, they're great working dogs, you're right. So this is going to be great for all of you to read about because I think that you're really going to love it. Now, as we're talking about Chasing Justice, of course, I'm going to kind of jump ahead here and because sure. I know that the listeners are going to love this book and thoroughly enjoy it. I mean, it's got, like I said, it has action, mystery, intrigue, secrets, all of this stuff. And can you just let us know where it's set to, because I think that that plays into what the storyline is. Sure. It is set in the mountains of Colorado. It's a, a fictional national forest. I called it the Pino Grande National Forest. And a lot of that inspiration came from, I live in Colorado, but my dad also worked for the Forest Service. And so growing up, we spent a lot of time, He, my parents both loved getting away to the mountains. So, And there was nothing better than going up to the mountains. And and then over the years, learning about different uh, environmental 
challenges and dangers in the mountains, you know, so you enjoy them, they're beautiful. And my dad just helped me inspire that, you know, the, the mountains can be beautiful, but they can also be their own character. And so I, my goal with this book was to make them their own character that could bring some conflict as well as beauty. I love that. And they do, they all, they become like a character in the book because they, the, where the setting is plays a lot into what the story's about. So that's very important. What I want to ask is I know that everyone is going to enjoy this book and they probably are wondering the same thing I am. Can we expect more from Maya and Juniper in the future? Yes. So we are currently working with the publisher and fingers crossed there will be two more books. Um, so I will keep everyone posted on that, and hopefully hopefully this will be a series. That is the, the goal with it. Well, we would love it. I think that this would be a great series. As I said, the characters, Maya, Juniper, and Josh, you sort of get attached to it, and of course the Colorado Mountains, but you get attached to it, and you learn it, and you kind of look forward to what they're going to do next. And this is where I am here. I'm sure the other readers will be as well. So... Where can the listener go to learn more about you, learn more about Chasing Justice? Sure. I think one of the best places they can go is my website, and that's just KathleenDonnelly.com, and it's K-A-T-H-L-E-E-N, Donnelly, D-O-N-N-E-L-L-Y.com. I have an author newsletter there that's sent out monthly uh, that includes not only book news, uh, but also Working tales is what I call it. Just some quick stories from my time working the dogs, um, fun contests where they can win signed copies. And so check out the website and uh, sign up for the newsletter. And that's the best way to keep in touch. That's great. And, and also before we go, Kathleen, is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners? Um, at this point, I, I just say uh, I hope they enjoy the working dogs. I think it's becoming a bigger and bigger genre to have the working canines in books, and it's really fun to be a part of that. Yeah, they're very it's very enjoyable to read. Good, good, interesting reads, and uh, you always learn a lot when you. It's a different perspective than like a, a pet. It actually shows you the importance and the value of the working dog. So I thank you for doing that. And I also want to thank you for being our guest today, for sharing Chasing Justice with our listeners, and for all that you're doing as a canine handler and all of the work that you do. It's um, the educational work as well as the work you do. I thank you very much. And Miss Olive and I think that your uh, mystery and romance book and book of intrigue is also going to appeal so much to the dog lover in us. And they are thoroughly going to enjoy chasing justice so much that Miss Olive has chosen it to be one of Miss Olive's favorite things in the Suncoast pet magazine. So all of you, I, yeah, and that's available online, the magazine. And I think that it's something wonderful. I know that the listeners will love it. And I'm thinking that the readers um, will also love it. So we wanted to spread the uh, the news about this book. I think that it's something that people are going to enjoy and, and value and also value what you do. So I thank you very well, much. Thank you so much. And can you just give your contact information out one more time so the listeners can um, write it down or make note of it? Sure. My uh, author website is KathleenDonnelly.com. K-A-T-H-L-E-E-N-D-O-N-N-E-L-L-Y.com. And I should also add on the website, there's not just the newsletter sign up, but also links to 
all my social media. So there's lots of ways to connect. Awesome. So thank you so much, Kathleen, for being our guest. All of you out there, please get your copy of Chasing Justice. I am sure that you are going to just love it and enjoy it. And as like myself, you're going to be waiting for that next book in the series. So thank you so much, Kathleen. And you're going to have to come back when that next book comes out. I look forward to it. I I would love that. Thank you very much. We'll be back in just a moment. Pet Life Radio, the number one pet radio network on the planet, joins forces with iHeartRadio to put the power of your pets in your pocket. Awesome. Download the iHeartRadio app and rock Pet Life Radio on your phone, on your tablet, on your Xbox, in your car. Pet talk, pet tunes, and fun pet times. Pet Life Radio and iHeartRadio. Positively possum. We would like to thank our guests this week. And also, as our doggy divas always say, please love your pets because they love you unconditionally. And please remember to adopt, foster, spay, neuter, and microchip. And as always, please have a great Diva Week, everyone. That's all for this episode of The Doggy Diva Show. To find out more, go to our website, thedoggydiva.com. Also, find us on our Facebook page, The Doggy Diva Show and tell your fellow dog lovers about it. Don't miss Susan Marie, Miss Olive, and the Doggy Divas right here for the next episode. See you again soon. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.